If you were paying attention during Birkata Chodesh, um, so even though the month is called Cheshvan, if you noticed even up there when you were Mavarech HaChodesh, it's called Mar Cheshvan. Many explanations why is it called Mar Cheshvan. But one of them is that it's the only month of the year that has no special days. No holidays, no fast days, nothing. Okay, that's a good opening month for a five-month cold, dark winter's month. And it hasn't yet gotten very cold. And as soon as they turn back the clocks on Motzei Shabbos, you'll see what it means to be dark at five o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to be a long, dark, cold five-month winter's month. And that's an amazing opportunity for growth, but it's also very, uh, very vulnerable to depression and to lethargic uh, behavior. So we want to make sure that you know how to confront this zman, and it's especially problematic a uh, month without holidays. And as Rabbi Silverberg mentioned, and then we followed up on Simchas Torah that whatever holidays we do have in the next five months are all rabbinic holidays. Everything has to come from us. There's nothing from the Torah, from God, that's being showered upon us. It's all up to us. And that's very jarring for us, where we come from a world that's focused on externals, on outside inspiration, on looking just at the surface And what we're called upon to do is to tune out the noise, tune out the superficiality and what Revolvi calls to build an olam panimi, build our own inner world. That world is not dependent on all kinds of outside forces, but we work to build it ourselves. Avram Avinu, and we're really in the Parsha, that introduces Avram and all of the Midrashim and all of the stories that you hear about Avram, they really all take place in this week's Parsha. Because next week, when we open with Lech Lecha, Avram has already been chosen. So all the stories that you know about him being thrown into the furnace and him breaking all the idols, those are this week's Parsha, at the end. Avram was called Avram Ha'ivri. We translate Ivri to mean Hebrew, Abraham the Hebrew. But of course, Chazal, understand, what does it mean? The root of the word Ivri is la'avor ever, that every person, says the, says, says the Medrash, the whole world, kol ha'olam b'tzad echad, the Avram is be'ever, he's on the other side. Avram never followed the conventional wisdom. He was always asking, where did the world come from? One of the things that the Medrash talks about in this week's Parsha, in this week, the Medrash in this week's Parsha, is that Avram is walking around looking for the creator of the world. He was examining all the Avodazaras. His father was an Avodazara maker. And it says that one day he passes by a palace, Bira Dolekes, he's passing by a burning palace, and he says, Yesh Bira below Manhig, is it possible that this palace has no owner? We could say it in modern terms. 
the world just is, there was just became into existence Big Bang from nothing with no creator and no purpose and no nothing, it's just there? And he said, that's not possible. The palace must have an owner. The palace must have some entity that cares whether the palace is burning. Yesh bira below manik. Can we have a palace with no leader, with no owner, with no creator? Miyad hitzitzalav bal habira. The creator of the palace gave him a wink. That was the first revelation he had of God. That was Avram. He looked around and said, this doesn't make sense what everybody is saying. And our job is to look around the world and say, does this make sense? Is this really the way a person, a human being, is supposed to behave? Is this really purposeful? Are we doing things out of habit or are we doing things out of conviction? And last month, it was easy to get into it and break all your old habits, slichas and shofar and fasting and lula. Now we're just left on our own. So we have to really focus on how we're going to make use of this time that's not built on externals. So, I view this parsha really, we're standing now in the interface between Gracious, Noach, and Lechacha. I want to pull something from last week's parsha. One very important word, Rabbi Dr. Sachs talks about this at length. The word in last week's parsha that he focuses on and that he encourages, and therefore I will follow in his footsteps and encourage you to focus on this word. The word is Ayeka. God comes to Adam Arishon. Ayeka. Where are you? Who are you? And I don't know if we ask ourselves that question enough. Ayeka. Who are you? Who's the real you? Where's your self-awareness? Where's your self-knowledge? where you're going to answer that question and not let other people and other society, the society answer that question for you. So, we get to Noah, and the first Pasuk is rich with discussion. Ela told us, Noah, that's not where the discussion starts. Noah, Ish, Tzadik, Tamim, Haya bidorotav. Noah was a righteous, perfect person. We wish the Torah would have stopped there. Bidorotav. In his generation. So, right away, Rashi brings the Medrash, a dispute in the Medrash. What is that extra word, bidorotav? What is it telling us? So, famous Rashi, belt on the Medrash, Yesh Dorshim Lishvach. Yesh Dorshim Lignai. There are those who interpret it as a positive compliment to Noah. <laughs> Noah in a generation that deserved to be completely destroyed, full of evil people, corruption, immorality. And Noah is there in that environment as a righteous person. Imagine how great he would have grown had he been in the generation of Avram Avinu, surrounded with somebody like Avram. 
But then the Medrash continues, Yesh Dorshim Lignai. Yeah, in his generation, relative to the people of his generation, Nunu, of course he was a righteous person. But compared to Avram Avinu, nothing. That's the Medrash. So, I think everybody is a little, very happy with the first part, and a little uncomfortable with the second part. What are we, we're looking to undermine the greatness of Noah? So that's that's a problem. So the Slonim Rebbe has a, a great uh, understanding of that. Every generation has its challenges. Every generation has to plow a, a, a new way, introduce new things into the world of spirituality. Noah and his generation had to serve God in a certain way. It was called the Son of Mary, Yira. He had to serve God out of fear. Avram, Avram's challenge was to bring Ava into the world. Avram was Yisora Chesed, Ava. But first there has to come Yira. The world has to be built on a foundation of fear and then we can only build love on top of that. So Noah was perfect for his generation. If we would have stuck Noah in Avram's generation and he would have tried to bring that avoda into Avram's generation, that's not appropriate. That's what it means, Lignai. If he would be in Avram's generation, that's not good. you got to know how to do what needs to be done in your generation. We've spoken about this in the past also. You're in this generation. you got to know what do I need to do given my background, my talents, the environment I grew up in, what road do I have to create? What trail do I have to blaze? And every person has their own trail and their own challenge and their own job. So that's each study Tamim Bidotov. Then the Pasuk continues. Et ha'elokim hit Noach. With God, Noach walked. Says Rashi, based on the Medrash, it's in contrast to Avram. Noach, it says, says Rashi. The Avraham who Omer, after quoting Eta Elokim Hitalech Noach, the Avraham who Omer, Asher Hitalachti Lefanav. Avram went ahead of God. Noach followed God, and Avram, so to speak, went ahead of God. Noach Hayat Sarich Saad Litomcho. Noah was on a lower level. He needed the support of God. He wanted it and he got it. But Avram was on a higher level. Avram haya mitchazeku mahalech bitzitko me'elov. Avram reached a higher level. He generated his own righteousness and he forged the path himself. Again, there are steps. There's a process. Growth is built on a process and you have to know how to do it. I don't remember where I saw this example, but it's a great example. So it's Friday afternoon, and again, the, the guys, the, the women can relate to this better, but you guys, if you guys cook for yourselves and you want to make a kugel for Shabbos, so we're, you know, it's 3.15 Shabbos afternoon, they're going to turn back the clocks, so it's going to be candlelight, you're going to be at 4.15, you're an hour before Shabbos, and you're quickly getting all the ingredients of the kugel together, got it, stick it in the oven, and halfway through the baking, you slap your fork. Oh, gosh. I forgot to put in the onions. <clears throat> so your roommate says, what's the problem? As soon as the kugel comes out of the oven, we'll put in the onions. 
No. Everybody, no, no, no. If you ever made a, yeah, I see guys, are, yeah, what's the problem? <laughs> okay? Only, all right, only somebody who'd ever made a kugel could say that. <laughs> now, you can't put the onions in the kugel after it's baked. It doesn't work. There's a recipe. There's a process. You have to follow the recipe. Each of you is here for growth. You want to grow. You want to improve. You want to get more spiritual. You want to get closer to God. And the problem is that we live in a world that's telling us how to do it, that's not following the recipe that Judaism gives us. So you gotta know what the recipe is. You gotta know how to do it. You gotta make sure that you're following the recipe. Noah, then Avraham. You need support. Ultimately, the goal has to be where you wanna go by yourself independently. Okay, when we talk about goals, you have to know what are your aspirations. The person has to define them. You're going to have a nice long five-month winter's run. You have any goals? You have anything you want to aspire to? Let me give you a little inspiration for those little tiny steps. And we talked about how the world is built on glitz and externals and the big bang and everything's got to be big and, and, and fat. And we've mentioned many times the Gomorrah and Avodah Zorah of uh, where Rabbi Hanina Mendoza, the place in Olam Haba is built on little tiny things. Little things, nobody's listening. That's the real step. Slow, tiny steps in growth. There's a contradiction in the Midrashim. When did Avraham Avinu recognize God? So that Hitzitzelah Balabira, that wink that God gave him because he realized that there's a palace burning and we don't have a we don't have a palace which means really we don't have a world falling apart this is what Avram saw Avram saw a world falling apart burning up being destroyed by corruption and he said this world didn't happen by itself and there's some creator that cares about what's happening just like an owner of a palace cares if the palace is burning down Apparently, that was at the age of 52, the year 2000. The year of 52. But there's another medrash that says that Avram recognized his creator at the age of three. Well, the age of three, he was running around looking at all of the Avodah Zaras till that final story where he broke his father's idols. Everybody knows the medrash, right? He, 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 his father had an idol store. And Avram wanted and finally realized this is a lot of nonsense. So he took a hammer and, and smashed all the idols except one. And he left one idol uh, standing and put the hatchet in the hands of the idol. And his father comes in and says, what happened here? Who did this? And Avram says, that idol did it. Well, how do you think his father reacted to that? <laughs> Give me a break, the father says. And that was Avram's point. <laughs> you realize that this you're giving so much power to these idols, you know that that idol couldn't destroy the other idols. So that all happened much later in life. How could the Gomorrah say, how could the Medrash say that at three, Avram already recognized his creator? So I heard from Ramosha Shapiro, that from the age of three till he finally discovered God, Avram was on a relentless search to find the creator of the world. A relentless search. And therefore, every step that he did, that a failure, well, it can't be this, it can't be this, it can't be that, every step was another step towards the final goal of realizing the creator. So therefore, the Gemara, the Medrash calls that 
he already recognized him at three. Because every step that was necessary to get to the goal, that was part of the goal. So you're going to be taking small steps and you have to appreciate that every step that you take, if it's really focused on the goal, then that's part and parcel of accomplishing the goal. It's not just, well, it's preparatory. You know, you have in baseball, you have spring training. You know, you have the warm-up before the basketball game. So that's not the game. Okay, it's the warm-up. It's spring training. In Judaism, it doesn't work like that. If you're really working towards the goal, then that is part and parcel of accomplishing the goal. When we talk about process, so it's a little challenging for many of you to somehow or other connect this struggle of Gomorrah learning with connecting with God. where's, Where's the interface? How does this work? So it's a challenge. You have to know an important medrash. It's, a medrash happens to be on this week's parsha. This week's parsha. It's on. It's on parsha's Noah. Why it's there is not so simple. Um, but the medrash talks about the problem of Naseh Nishma. When the Jewish people were offered the Torah, they said Naseh Nishma. And then the medrash continues, right? That they st- they stood betachti tahar. Says the Gemara. Kafa aleim harkigigis. That God held a mountain over their heads like a barrel and basically gave them an offer they couldn't refuse. If you don't accept the Torah, we bury you. And the Medrash already, Tosus on the Gemara is bothered by it, but the Medrash already asked this question. They already said, Nasevenishma, why did we need Kafa harkigigis? Okay? And the Medrash answers that Nasevenishma was on Torah Shebechtav. They were ready to take the Torah Shebechtav. That's easy. That's not so problematic. It's accessible, okay. But when it talks, when you come to Torah Peh, that's tough. That's hard. That's confusing. That's darkness. There, they needed kafaharkigis. They needed a little coercion to be ready to accept the Torah Shabal Peh. Kafalem harkigis. So it says. The Medrash says, "Al it's kafaharkigigis. Sheyesh dikduk mitzvos kalos chamuros. There's hard mitzvos. There's there's easy mitzvos. kamos It's tough. It's rough. It's hard to understand. Who does it? Says the Medrash. So who spends? Who's ready to get into that? The person who is red, who loves God, he's ready to subject himself to the tough boot camp of studying that tough Gomorrah. Where do we see that? Because it says, We have two parshos in Kriyashma. One says, Okay. And it says, One of them 
is about doing mitzvot. That's the second parsha. And it says in there that if you do the mitzvot, you get this reward and that reward. Those are mitzvot. What's the first parsha talking about? The first parsha is where it says v'shinan tam The first parsha talks about Torah study. And there it says that only somebody says the mender who really loves God is ready to start to work very hard at understanding the Torah and the Torah Shabal Peh. How would we understand that in our world? As Rav Hashem, most of you guys, hopefully, will be going out on Shiduchim. You'll be married. We have a few married guys here. You want to love your spouse? You've got to know your spouse. Famous Hasidic story. Two Hasidim are drunk. And they're rolling in the gutter. Drunk. And Yankel says to Shmerel, Shmerel, I love you. Shmerel says back to Yankel, Yankel, if you love me, tell me what hurts. And Yankel says, ah, I don't know what hurts. How could I know what hurts you? So Shmerel says, if you don't know what hurts me, you can't love me. You want to love, you got to know. If you don't know the person, you can't really love them. You want to know your spouse, you better get, you want to love your spouse, you better get to know your spouse. You want to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and you're having trouble loving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's because you don't know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, and again, there's a lot goes into that, Midos, imitating HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but part of it is studying his Torah. And that's when it says that the person who lo- who's, who's ready to subject themselves to the difficulty of studying the Torah, that's the recipe for loving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Only people who love HaKadosh Baruch Hu are ready to subject themselves to it. We have a line in the Gemara. Judaism looks like a very rote religion. You got to do this. You got to put on the black filling. You got to say Kriyashma at this time, right? You, you have to shake that lulav. Very rote. So the Gemara wants to dispel the mistake. Rachmana liba boi. God, you know what God wants? He wants your heart. We like to think of Judaism as an intellectual religion. It's intellectual. But there has to be a combination of mind and heart. Rachmana Liba boy. There has to be that emotional connection. That's one of the things that we need to work on. Today's world, we don't have any connections. I mean, yeah, what is a connection today? What are friends? Friends are how many people on Facebook? It's internet. It's, it's, it's a WhatsApp. It's a very superficial connections. People don't develop deep connections. That's a very, very big deficiency. It's a deficiency in our daily lives. It's a deficiency in our marriages. And it's a deficiency in our religion. We have to know the process. Noah had to start with the help of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the, but the, the progress was, his Ultimately, you want to take the lead. You need to start with a crutch. But you need to know where am I heading I'm ready to pay the price. I'm ready to work. I'm ready to invest. And there's a guarantee that if you invest, that's what it says, if you really invest, then there is a payoff. And this cold winter's man is a big challenge. It's a big opportunity. Good luck.